Well, hello and welcome to Three Circle Church on this Easter Sunday. I want to thank you for joining us. It's such an honor that you would come and worship with us today online. My name's Chris Bell, and I'm the pastor here, and I am so glad to get to celebrate with you and celebrate with all of us the resurrection of Jesus. We're going to talk about the resurrection today in the middle of a global pandemic that's affecting all of us. We get to celebrate this amazing truth that Jesus Christ was dead and he rose again from the grave. And we consider it the greatest event in human history. You know, this pandemic is something we're all going to be talking about the rest of our lives. This has been a really big deal. It didn't just affect some, it has affected everyone across the planet. It's a really big deal. Uh, in fact, there's things we'll remember forever. And I think one of them that I'm going to remember forever are these masks that we're all wearing, right? If you go out, they're telling you now you need to wear one of these. Uh, I've been wearing these for like a month because I was on a trip to the Holy Land where we got stuck over there and got quarantined, and we had to wear these around the hotel all day long, anytime we walked out of our room, and then on a very long 13-plus-hour flight back to the United States, we had to wear masks all the way home. It was amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm becoming very familiar with these, so if you ask me in the future uh, what I will remember from the global pandemic of 2020, I'm going to say, I'm going to remember these masks. And, and it's one of those things that we're all going to talk about the rest of our lives. Well, let me tell you, the people who follow Jesus talked about the resurrection for the rest of their lives. It's interesting because we, we tend to talk about the cross a lot. And we should talk about the cross of Jesus because Jesus paid for our sins on the cross. But we often seem to just talk about the resurrection once a year at Easter. It seems to not be something that, that infiltrates our lives every day, right? We wear crosses on chains, but I don't see anyone wearing a, a chain or a necklace with a, an empty tomb hanging on it. But, but honestly, if you could have talked to the earlier Christians in the early church, they would have much rather had the empty tomb hanging there, okay? Because the cross was a horrific symbol of death and torture. Crucifixion was a horrific thing that Jesus went through for us. But folks, I want you to understand today the resurrection is so pivotal. And I want you to understand this truth. The resurrection changes everything. I think that the pandemic that we're going through right now is going to change life in many ways for us. I don't think we're ever going totally back to the way it was before. But let me tell you, it pales in comparison, this global pandemic, to the power and the earth-shattering, earth-shaking reality that Jesus Christ came back from the grave. If you have your Bible with you or a device, if you'll turn with me to John 21 through 18, we're going to look at one of the incredible depictions of the resurrection of Jesus. It says this, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and she went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they've laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and he reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the Scriptures, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. 
And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they've laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means a teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, that he had said these things to her. Man, this is an amazing, an amazing story. And when you look at this story, you realize this is an earth-shattering story if it's true. And I'm here to tell you today that it is true. And I want to tell you the ways in which the resurrection changes everything. And the first thing the resurrection of Jesus changes is the narrative about Jesus. Listen, if you believe Jesus is a good teacher and that's all, then then you, you cannot, you have to ignore the resurrection. The resurrection is the defining point about Jesus. Because if there's no resurrection, then you can think that Jesus was a good guy that got himself killed by the Romans. But, But folks, that is not what the Bible tells us. And see, when it comes to Jesus, I want you to understand that the most important decision you'll ever make in your life, wherever you are joining us today for Easter Sunday, the most important decision you're ever gonna make is going to be what you believe about Jesus. You can see here that the, the, the disciples, those who had followed him for three and a half years, Mary Magdalene, who had been one of his followers, they were totally surprised by the resurrection. The resurrection was the biggest surprise in history. The people that knew him, all the Hebrew scriptures that had clues that the Messiah would come and die and be resurrected, they missed it. Jesus explicitly said at least three times that he was going to die and rise again, and they still missed it. Have you ever noticed that there wasn't a big crowd waiting outside the tomb? You know, I've been asked this week over and over again, hey, what are you guys going to do since you can't celebrate Easter this year? And my response has been, we are absolutely going to celebrate Easter. And just because we can't gather as one big crowd in our church buildings doesn't mean we're not going to celebrate Jesus because there wasn't a big crowd at the first resurrection either. You would think that all of those who knew him and heard him speak would have caught on that he's coming back and there would have been a crowd of thousands of people waiting outside that tomb on Sunday morning, but that's not the case because the resurrection blew everyone away. You know, no one could see this pandemic coming. It's like it surprised the whole world. It's like it caught us off guard in the worst of ways, but the resurrection of Jesus caught everyone off guard in the absolute best of ways and it changes the narrative about him. You see, Jesus did not say he was simply a good teacher. Jesus claimed much more. Jesus claimed to be God. They didn't hang him on a cross for being a nice guy. Jesus was taken to Pilate and the Romans by his own people because they saw him as a threat and a blasphemer. Why did they think that? Because Jesus over and over again claimed that he himself was God in human flesh. Uh, The New Testament affirms this in Colossians 2, 9 through 10. It says, for in Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. There it is. He is God in flesh, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. 
Jesus has all power and all authority, and he claimed to be more than a good man and more than a prophet and more than a motivational speaker. Jesus claimed to be God. Now, since he claimed to be God, that demands that we make some decisions about him. And again, it's the most important thing you'll ever decide in your life. Not what you're going to do after this pandemic, not what you're going to do with your finances, not how you're going to get your retirement back in place when you're done with this, not what the economy is going to do. The most important thing is what you decide about Jesus Christ. The historical Jesus is absolutely a a reality in history. He's not a fake. No historian will tell you that there was no Jesus. It's just too much evidence that a man named Jesus lived. The question is, who was he? And he claimed to be God. So since he claimed to be God, you have to decide a few things. You could either say, he's crazy. You could say that. Maybe he was a crazy guy, that he, he was delusional, and he said a bunch of things he shouldn't have said, and they killed him for it, and that was it. I guess that's a, that's a choice, but if he was so delusional and so unstable, then how did he say some of the most powerful words that have ever been spoken? What about the eloquence? What about the incredible ability to speak, the power and authority that he spoke with? I don't think a delusional, unstable person rolled into the world and totally turned it upside down. Uh, well, then you could say, well, no, I don't think he was delusional. I think he was a liar. You, you may decide that. You may go, well, maybe Jesus just made the whole thing up. But again, I don't think Jesus would have went to a cruel crucifixion cross if he was telling a lie the whole time. It just doesn't add up. So you could say, well, maybe it's a fairy tale. And maybe it's like Jack and the Beanstalk. It, it, it's like unicorns. It's, like that. it's, it's just a fun fairy tale that, that human beings needed to make up to have a good thing to hang on to, to have hope. They needed the savior figure. And maybe his followers made up the story. Maybe they took his body because you got to do something with this dead body that disappeared. So maybe his followers took the body. And there's so many reasons that's not plausible. But I think the main one is that we know from history that all of the followers of Jesus gave their lives just horrifically for this story. And folks, you don't die for something that you lied about. You don't, you don't willingly give your life for something you know that isn't true. And, and by the way, if, if they were going to make up a story about Jesus to, to, to bolster their standing in the world, this is not the story they would have told. This story, and any expert will tell you, this comes across like true eyewitness accounts. Because first of all, this was a society in ancient Palestine where women were not seen as one of the higher ranking portions of society. So there's no way that women would have been at the center of the story the way they are here. And yet here we get an honest account of the fact that it was Mary Magdalene who, who, who is the first one to announce to the disciples, I've seen Jesus. She's the one who heralds the message of the resurrection initially. Uh, there's so much to this story that just would not be there if it were not true. Folks, this is a story that demands you to do something with it. So if it's not a fairy tale and that doesn't add up, because why would his followers have made up a story and then died for it? And if and if it's hard to believe that Jesus was delusional since it's pretty clear he, he was absolutely brilliant, and if, and if it's hard for us to say that we think Jesus was a liar, then, then that leaves one conclusion, that he was telling the truth. And if Jesus was telling the truth, listen to me, all of you who joined us today, that means he is God. And if Jesus is God, then that means everything he said was true. And if he's God, he really came out of that grave. And folks, that changes everything. That means there is an authority. There is absolute truth. That means there is hope. And maybe you tuned in today 
to worship with us, or maybe you tuned in just to check it out because someone invited you to. I have good news for you in the middle of such bad news in the world right now, in the middle of a global upheaval that's going on with this virus. We have hope for you, and the hope is that there is someone who cares for you enough that he came and gave his life for you. He lived a perfect life. He died a completely satisfactory death, sacrificing himself to God for our sins. And then he was buried when he died. And three days later, he came back to life out of the tomb. And folks, that is hope. That means if he came out of the grave and he really is God, that means there's hope that all things are possible. That means there's hope for your marriage. That means there's hope for next week. That means there's hope for your family. And, and, and most importantly, that means there's hope for your soul. Because as we focus on our health right now, as we focus on staying healthy and staying safe and keeping others safe, rightly so, by the way, we may miss the fact that actually the greatest human need is deeper than skin. It's deeper than germs. It's deeper than even the air we breathe. It's deep. It's, it's soul deep. Uh, we needed a Savior to save us from our sins. Jesus came to do that. Uh, secondly, the resurrection transforms doubt into faith. All of his followers doubted. They were all in absolute agony as they saw their, their hero, Jesus, die on a cross. Crucifixion was a horrific thing. And they were living in doubt. Not just a few of them, all of them. Most of them ran for their lives when the Romans came and arrested Jesus. And now the news got out that he had been brutally tortured and crucified and was dead there. There was so much doubt. But the Bible tells us that the resurrection changed that. It tells us in verse 8 that when John, uh, the disciple that outran Peter when he got to the tomb, it says he looked in and he saw and believed. In a moment, seeing the empty tomb, it became the foundation for belief. Mary Magdalene, when she saw the Lord, it says that she went back and told the disciples. Obviously, she was excited. I have seen the Lord. You see that suddenly doubt becomes faith. And the Bible tells us that we must place our faith in this truth, in this Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, to be saved, to have eternal life. And I think we're reminded right now as we're, as we're wearing masks and we see a reality, I think we all realize we're more fragile than we ever thought possible. In a moment, the economy of the world has been brought to its knees. In a moment, people are in their homes and can't work. And do you realize that with all of our advancements and all of the money and all of the uh, the ways that we can handle health, right? We, f we feel bulletproof at times, but, but this situation has reminded us all of the fragility of humanity. We are fragile. We are finite. And as we see that, as we get it in our face again, that we are very, very fragile, we are reminded that there is a Jesus, a God who came for us, and we can place our faith in him. Thirdly, the resurrection changes fear into confidence. The disciples, the people who followed Jesus, were afraid when they came and arrested Jesus. Again, they ran. Famously, Peter, the leader of the disciples, denied that he even knew Jesus three times, and it's pretty clear he was afraid when he did it. Fear gripped them, but then the resurrection happened then the belief of the resurrection, then the truth, the reality of, of Jesus' resurrection, because the resurrection made sense of everything else Jesus had taught them and told them. It was all true. The hinge upon which everything he said 
uh, would hang would be the resurrection. And now that they had seen him alive, it changed them forever. The resurrection changed these men. And the Bible tells us in Acts 4.13 that Peter and John were taken before, this is after the resurrection, they were taken before the same people, the Sanhedrin. This was the governmental body that, that arrested Jesus and took him to Pilate to be killed to begin with. It's the same guys that Peter was so scared of, he denied that he even knew Jesus. And yet on this day, after the resurrection, it says, now when they, the Sanhedrin, saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Now, this is pretty amazing. The resurrection of Jesus transformed these guys into new people. They weren't the same anymore. And folks, I hope today that if you're a believer in Christ, I hope that being reminded today of the resurrection, because if you're a believer in Jesus, you have a relationship with him, you already believe this to be true. But maybe you've not been walking in this truth for a while. Maybe you've allowed a global pandemic and all of its fear and all of its doubt and all of its terror to descend upon you and darken the view that you once had of the joy and confidence that you can have in the resurrected Savior. I want to remind you of that today. Because like John and like Peter, you and I can walk in this same confidence. We can walk in the power. The Bible says the same power that raised Christ from the dead now lives in us as believers. Folks, there is hope. There is life. There is light at the end of the tunnel. No matter what happens tomorrow. Because Jesus was dead and he came to life. It changed Peter and John forever. It was Not long before Peter was denying Jesus, he was scared, and now he's bold like a lion. It changed him forever. And then we learn that the resurrection changes despair into hope. The resurrection of Jesus takes despair and turns it into hope. And I think the main one that we learn this from is Mary Magdalene herself. When you see Mary here, we're not talking about the mother of Jesus. Mary Magdalene, the Bible gives us a few hints about her. She's an amazing figure in the Bible. She was one of the female followers of Jesus who he had changed her life. And the clues we have about her is we know that she had once been demon-possessed by many, many spirits, by many demons. So what this tells you is Mary had lived a really rough life. There's even some some information that would, would lead us to believe that the area that she was from had something to do with her last name. And if that is true, then she very well could have been a woman of ill repute. And she could have had a really, really, really bad background. And what we do know is that she was coming from a very dark place. And what we know is that Jesus totally changed and transformed her life. And Jesus had taken Mary from the darkest of the dark into the light of his grace and love. And then she watched him die. She watched him die, and it was horrific. Crucifixion was worse than you can imagine. About 20 years ago, Mel Gibson decided that he would try to show the truth about what happened to Jesus on film. And even he couldn't go as far as we know historically the Romans would have gone. It was horrible. Jesus, after being scourged with what they called a flagellum or a cat of nine tails, would have been almost dead when they got him to the cross. And then uh, the further desecration and torture began as they stripped his body and nailed him to a cross. You didn't die from the wounds. You died from suffocation on a cross. Hours and hours of agony went by as he hung and was humiliated and spit upon and uh, decried and yelled at by the people that passed by. 
Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who had saved Mary Magdalene and given her hope she had never had, he was treated worse than an animal on a cross for her and for all of us. And, and by the way, she's one of the only ones that went all the way to the cross. Peter didn't go. Matthew didn't go. John was the only one of the male disciples that went to the cross. And Mary Magdalene saw it all with her own eyes. And here she comes to the tomb on that Sunday morning, and she just wants to honor the body of Jesus. She is crushed. She is in deep despair. And it tells us this. Look at John 20, 11 again. It says, Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. But then, look at what it says. Jesus reveals himself to her. She sees that he's resurrected. And just a few verses later, verse 18, it says, she went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord and that he had said these things to her. Just like that, despair to hope. And, and here's the deal, folks. Many of you here today in this virus, in this situation we're in, has caused you depression and anxiety and a great darkness. It is a very hard thing. And I'm in no way here gonna minimize what we're all going through. But what I will tell you is, I believe that this Jesus of the Bible, who lived a perfect sinless life and gave his life on a cross in our place, taking our place, substituting himself for our atonement, the payment for our sins, and then three days later coming out of the grave, I believe that story can shine light into the deepest darkness. Mary Magdalene thought that everything was over. She thought, she thought that her life and all of her hope was done. And Jesus turned a tragedy into a victory. And I believe that he still does this today. And I, and I believe that he can do this for you and I today. And then finally, I would say this to you today. Joining us as we celebrate this truth. The resurrection is the story that changes our story. The resurrection is the story that changes our story. Jesus said this to a woman before he died and was resurrected. Jesus kind of foreshadowed what he would do. And he said this uh, in John eleven twenty five. 25, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And listen to what he said here at the end. And then he looks at her. So he lays out the truth about who he is. But there's one more thing that happens. You can't just acknowledge it. You can't just hear it. He asked the question that needs to be asked of all of us today. In the middle of this dark time, in the middle of this historic event we're all in, Jesus would say this to us today. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Believe what? Do you believe that he is who he said he is? He looks at this woman, Martha, in this verse that I just read to you, and he says, this is who I am. I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm your hope. I can change your life. Do you believe this? And I believe Jesus asked us the same thing today. In 2020, in the middle of a pandemic, in one of the most unique Easter Sundays in human history today, think about that. There's never been an Easter like this. The question is, do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus is who he says he is? Belief in Jesus is not tipping our hat to him. It's not just acknowledging that he was a good man. It's it's believing him for all he said that he is, and he claimed to be God, and he claimed to be the resurrection and the life. He claimed to be the only way to eternal life. He claimed to be the only way to the Father. Jesus was exclusive to himself. Do you believe this? Because belief in Jesus will turn your life upside down. It will turn your fear 
into confidence. It will turn your doubt into absolute joy. It will turn your life upside down. It'll, it'll bring light into the darkness. And if you're a believer today, you need to be reminded of this. The question is there on the table again. Hey, do you, do you believe this? Because it's easy to believe this stuff when Easter's awesome and we can all get together and do Easter egg hunts and big dinners on Sunday with our friends and family and we see each other and everything's normal and plenty of money in the bank. The economy's looking good. There's nothing to worry about. I can go to work Monday morning. It's one thing to celebrate the resurrection then, but, but what about when things get dark and tough? What about that? Do you believe then? Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians that this story is so important to Christianity that, listen, the whole story of Christianity crumbles if the resurrection isn't true. Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians 15. He says, now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, listen to this, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. Listen to those words. Paul says that the door of Christianity hangs on the hinge of the resurrection. And if he's dead, then this is all ridiculous. And this Easter Sunday and everyone we'll ever have will be a colossal waste of time if Jesus was just a good man or if Jesus was just a wise prophet or if Jesus was just a carpenter from Nazareth that got himself sideways with the Roman Empire. If that's all it is, then what are we doing here right now? Joined online with maybe a billion other believers across the planet worshiping Jesus today. Why are we here? Paul says... If the resurrection isn't true, then we should be pitied above all people that we would believe this incredulous story. Listen to his words, verse 20. But, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He's the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep, for as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive." Now, this is important because Paul, in talking about the resurrection of Jesus, hearkens us all the way back to the very beginning of all of our story. It's in the beginning of the Bible. It's in the book of Genesis in the Garden of Eden. And in the Garden of Eden, the first two humans, they fell in sin. They did what all of us have done. They rebelled against God. And in them, they represented us. We all fell. It's the curse upon humanity of sin. And you know what they did? It's interesting. They, they had a mask, too. And masks always take a lot of work. They, they're frustrating, aren't they? We weren't made to wear these. It's hard to, hard to do life in these. It's hard to talk to people. It, it, we were made to connect. You can't connect with one of these. And, you know, in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve fell, they tried to cover themselves. Much like we're trying to protect ourselves with masks, uh, they do help. What, what Adam and Eve did in the garden didn't help at all. They tried to cover themselves with fig leaves, the Bible says. They realized they were naked and they tried to cover, but they weren't just covering their physical bodies. They were trying to cover for their sin. And we just can't do that. They couldn't cover themselves. The fig leaves just didn't work. And, and God comes to them and lays out a plan in the book of Genesis and begins to foreshadow what he's going to do, that he's going to send his son. The Bible tells us that God so loved this world, you and me, Adam and Eve, all of us, that he would send his only son into this world to give his life for us 
so that none of us would perish, but all who believe in him would have everlasting eternal life. Adam and Eve couldn't cover themselves, and folks, these masks may help us with this virus right now, but the truth is, you have a much bigger problem than any virus. We all do. And it's this issue of sin. And if you're a believer today, you, you can worship and rejoice with me right now that in Christ, we don't have to wear a mask of our own anymore. Jesus has covered us. He set us free. Now there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We celebrate today no matter what because Jesus covered us. We don't need a mask. We don't need a fig leaf. And if you're here today and, and you're with me, you're about tired of wearing these masks because of this virus. What about the bigger mask that you wear? Because what I believe is that every single one of us know that we ultimately need a Savior, but we try to cover for it in every other way by being better people, by trying to get things right. And if you're like me, you just can't keep that up very long. It's exhausting. Whenever I go out in public and I have to wear these masks, I cannot wait to get back in my car, get back home so I can take the thing off because I wasn't made for this. This is not the way I'm meant to live. And in a greater sense, you were not made to live under the crushing weight of your own sin. You cannot pay for it. You cannot make it right with God on your own and you cannot cover yourself. You need a savior. And this is who he is. It's the best news in the world. You don't have to cover for yourself. Jesus already has. And if you're a believer today, you can have hope for tomorrow. And you can have hope no matter what happens. I don't know where this is going with the virus. I don't know who's going to get it and who's not. And I don't know when or if they're going to come up with a cure. But I know this. I know the greatest need you and I could ever have was taken care of on a cross 2,000 years ago in an empty tomb three days later. I know there's hope. And if you're a believer today, you need to hang on to that hope no matter what. And if you're here today and you have never placed your hope in Jesus, my question is, how long are you going to try to cover for yourself? Receive Jesus, believe upon him and be saved. And together, may we all today, by his grace and to his glory, worship the one and only, the risen Savior. Because, listen, the resurrection changes everything. And Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you covered for us when we couldn't cover ourselves. And thank you today, Lord, we can celebrate your perfect life, your death on the cross, and your unbelievable surprising, earth-shaking, world-changing resurrection. And we love you and we worship you. And I pray for every person joining us today, all over the world, that they would be moved as believers in you to great joy through the resurrection. And that they would be moved if they are not believers in you across that line of faith to give their life to you and forevermore be covered by your grace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.